know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bars Podcast, episode 23. It's a quarantine outside, but it's still a hot New York summer. I am not a good yeller. <laughs> I just even had to just start the show like that. Like, I'm not a good yeller, but I'm keeping that shit in there. I'm keeping it in there. Fuck it. But <laughs> it's going to be one of those podcasts today. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 23 of the Bronx Bias Podcast, back like Jordan wearing the faux five. Um, I am your host. My name is Denzel. Thank you to all the people who continuously tune in, who like, who subscribe, who share, who support. Um, thank you to everyone who's active and engaging on the social media platforms. I appreciate all the love and all the support. Thank you to all the essential workers out there who continuously busting their ass. COVID is, man, it's, it's crazy, man. This COVID shit is nuts. And it just, it seems like it's not trying to go away no time soon. So thank you to all the essential workers out there, man. And thank you to everyone out there who's continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always got to start the shows with the thank yous, no matter how silly i'm feeling or how you know whatever i'm feeling always got to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very 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 important and uh <laughs> we're gonna have a great show man we're gonna have a great 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 show we're gonna have a great show today i'm in a i'm in a great mood i'm in a fantastic mood i am in a very 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 good mood let's go so this week before I get to Bronx Facts, before I get to my top topics, before I, you know, do my show, we have to talk about one of the, I want to say, the great, one of the greatest moments in New York history, and one of the greatest moments in black history, and one of the greatest moments in modern history. I'm recording this show today on July the 11th of 2020 today july the 11th is one of is the anniversary of one of the i repeat greatest achievements the greatest moments in modern black history in new york city today july the 11th is the two-year anniversary of safari samuels at dykeman park Now, let me just give you this brief summary because I need to make sure that this man is given proper love and attention and flowers for his just unbelievable accomplishment on this day. Two years ago, in 2018, Safari Samuels was scheduled to perform his smash single, Hunted, at Dykeman's Basketball Park Showcase every summer in Dykeman. Dykeman Park in New York City, Upper Manhattan. There is a basketball tournament. Um, some it's usually called the EBC, which means the Entertainers Basketball Classic, and there are local teams formed to participate in the tournament. A lot of celebrities usually show up. It's just a good event in the city. We all love ball, basketball. We all love being outside in the park, hanging out. It's one of the. Well, it's actually really cool if you guys haven't had an opportunity to go. Um, but on this warm July evening, two years ago, 
Safari. Ah, oh, man. He just, he just ha- took this moment and made it his. I'm going to play you, before we start anything, Safari Samuels at Dykeman Park, and then I'm going to play you one of the best response songs ever created in this world. I love this so much. This is Safari Samuels at Dykeman Park. fucking moment let me tell y'all young niggas something i fuck bitches that niggas dream about (laughs) (laughs) safari samuels man holy shit so if you guys couldn't decipher what's happening safari was performing his song hunted and the new york crowd was not liking it they started booing and he stopped the songs just to let the young niggas know that he fucked better bitches than them. And then it gets better. Just when you thought that that moment wasn't good enough, it gets better. Two days later, Safari drops the Dykeman freestyle. And I'm not going to play the whole thing. Hell no, no way. It's like a three-minute song. I'm just going to play you the best part of the song. This, I can't even put into words this lyrical, miracle, spiritual, criminal, individual capabilities that this man has showcased. So I just got to let it go. This is the Dykeman Freestyle. Yeah, I don't cloud chase, I cloud chase. I don't cloud chase, I cloud chase. I don't cloud chase, I cloud chase. I don't cloud chase, look, had Dykeman, so I got booed. First off, I was not rude. Did a verse and did a hook, and them niggas started throwing raw food. That part they see, though, forget you like CeeLo. Had the whole hood go against me like my name's Debo. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And... <laughs> I promise you guys, I want to start the show in a second. I promise. Oh my God. At Dykeman, I got booed. First off, I was not rude. I did a verse and I did a hook and the niggas started doing raw food. Shout out to Safari Samuels, man. Holy shit. Holy shit. What a time to be alive, man. What a time to be alive. All right. Enough of the shenanigans. Let's start the fucking show. Let's start. That was fucking six minutes of bullshit. Oh, I just had to bring some attention to that. That's one of the greatest moments in in, in re- modern history, man. That's one of the greatest moments in modern history. <laughs> so let's officially start. <laughs> so today's intro was I Really Mean It by the Diplomats off of the album Diplomatic Immunity. It is a quarantine outside, but it's still a hot New York summer. That is an official summer banger. No matter where you are, if that song comes up, In the summertime, especially in New York, I don't know how it rings off in other places, but in New York, in the summer, I really mean it comes on. You better believe some real shit is going down. 
going fucking down. Shout out to the diplomat. Shout out to Cameron. Shout out to Joel Santana. Shout out to Jim Jones. Shout out to Freaky Siggy. Shout out to Hoffa Dash. Shout out to Dame uh, to Just Blaze for that beat. Great, great song. New York summertime song right there. That is one of the greatest songs ever made, especially in New York. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast, Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show. Well, not really the beginning of like uh, like 11 minutes in, um, but it's the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to showcase um, one fact about the Bronx, New York that people may not know, people have may never heard before, just to show how many great things, people and ideas come from the Bronx, New York, um, the barrel that I love. So your Bronx fact for today is the Tour de Bronx is an initiative established in 1994 by the Bronx Tourism Council. This event began as a fun way to encourage healthier lifestyles, to promote cycling as an eco-friendly transportation alternative, and to showcase the borough's beauty. In 2018, more than 10,000 cyclists participated in the Tour de Bronx, making it the largest cycling event in New York State. That is your Bronx fact. For episode number 23. Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd you find this? So we're getting right to the shits for today. Um, today is episode number 23. So for today's episode, I wanted to take time and discuss the debate involving this number in sports. And if you're a sports fan, you already know where I'm going with this. I'm not discussing that bum-ass Jim Carrey movie, damn sure, about the number 23. I'm talking about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. So, um, I wanted to do this because, one, I'm a LeBron guy, I just have to say it. And two, I saw a clip from Kenny Smith, who is a, um, a former basketball player himself. He played for the Houston Rockets, the Sacramento Kings. And one other team I'm not remembering, he's a two-time champion with the Houston Rockets. And um, he currently does analyst work for TNT, Inside the NBA, one of the most popular sports shows ever with Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, and Shaquille O'Neal. And basically, he was asked if LeBron James was in his top 10. And he said that LeBron James was only number 10 on his list. And that Kobe wasn't even on his list. And he claimed that because of the new generation, scoring is easier now. So it's hard to determine the skill as opposed to um, just like players taking advantage of the rules. That's what he alluded to. So I'm going to let him I'm going to play his clip and then we'll go from there. This is Kenny Smith on load management podcast i believe that's the name of it the load management podcast why still why is lebron james not in your top five lebron james is in my top 10 okay but he's 10 possibly whoa is Shaq in your top 10 Shaq's in my top 10 is kobe no kobe's not in my top Mm. kobe's like 11 magic larry bird larry yeah larry bird um who did i just say um Archibald has to be uh, Oscar and Nate Archibald are in your top 10. It's so much easier to score now that it makes it hard to judge guys' ability. So that's Kenny's opinion. And again, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I have to make sure that I'm clear. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Even though his opinion is bullshit, he's entitled to his own opinion. And people are probably going to believe him because he played in the league and he's done analyst work. But... Basically, I want to talk about the debate of LeBron James, his greatness and his LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. So basically, a lot of older generation people, just people like regular people, not analysts or media people, just are not willing to let go of the legends of their era. Right. So you even hear in the thing in the clip, the guy saying, oh, yeah, you had Nate Archibald and Oscar Robertson and Larry Bird in your top 10. And those are great players. Great, great players. But clearly, Kenny is a product of the old school generation of basketball. 
he played in you know the old and in the older generation of basketball he grew up watching the older legends of basketball so his opinion is based off what he came up watching it makes sense just like mine is based off what i came up watching right of course you guys know a little bit about my basketball journey in episode one, I told you guys, like, my first time ever watching basketball, I didn't know what was going on, was the 2001 NBA Finals, Shaq and Kobe's Lakers against Allen Iverson and the Philadelphia 76ers. And when I really, like, started to grasp and understand basketball, like, fully, it was in 2003. And LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony were rookies. Those were my guys. And you guys know the story. I begged my mom to pay for the jersey, for the LeBron jersey that I wore so proudly to school and got clowned for because it was just Kobe. It was just Kobe's time, Kobe and Shaq's time. So nobody was fucking, even in New York where you're supposed to be a Knicks fan, this is even before the Brooklyn Nets existed. It was New Jersey Nets. Like, they were like, yo, like, you bugging wearing that bullshit. Like, and I got my ass cut for wearing that LeBron, but I didn't care because LeBron was my guy. LeBron and Carmelo Anthony, my guys. So I unapologetically, unapologetically stand for LeBron James, Dave Chappelle, Jay-Z, Kanye West, the New York Mets, Carmelo Anthony, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will fight you. If you got, if you try to say disparaging things about the those following people and or organizations, I will fight you. So I'm a LeBron guy. LeBron, in my opinion, is the greatest basketball player to have ever lived. And now, as I've learned from my time, my my time on the high school debate team, you have to present your premise and you have to use facts and figures to back it up. So my premise is. LeBron James was the greatest basketball player ever. And then I that I'm going to show you guys with all the facts and figures and things that I've found that I've collected to prove this point to you. So first, let's talk about expectations in life. The burden of expectations is real, right? What I mean by that is like when people expect you to do something right, no matter what it is, when you do it. It isn't really celebrated because it was like expected, right? So, for example, if you guys are into sports, in basketball, right? You the one in playoffs, the number one seed plays the number one, number eight seed in the in the NBA playoffs, right? That's how it works. Usually, it is expected for the number one seed to beat the number eight seed because it's a better team. So even if, you know the number one seed wins in a tight game in a series or whatever, it won't be celebrated as much because people expect them to win. They're the number one seed. You should beat this number eight seed team. It doesn't matter the kind of players that they have. It doesn't matter uh, the injuries that they face. You guys are the number one seed. So you guys should beat them. So their success is not necessarily celebrated because people have the expectation, right? Um, another example is even let's say this podcast, right? Boom. This podcast drops every week. So if the expectation now is that this podcast drops every week when I do it right, when I set that precedent, when a new podcast legitimately comes out every week, it doesn't have the same effect. Like no one will ever be caught off guard because the president has been set, right? I, in the past 22 weeks, have dropped an episode of this podcast. So if you guys have been following closely, you guys will expect every Sunday for a podcast to come out, right? So it doesn't it doesn't take away from my personal effort because making a podcast is difficult, but it's just because you expect it to come, to keep coming, to keep coming. You're not really taking into consideration of what, has to go into making a podcast right it's just like okay it comes out every week all right this week came out this week came out this week came out it's like it doesn't have much doesn't hold much weight right because it's just expected all right boom so how does this correlate to lebron james how does this correlate to michael jordan michael jordan coming out of the university of north carolina wasn't as expected 
to be the level of athlete he ended up being. His level of success, his accolades, his career was really a surprise in its beginning stages. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about in the beginning, coming out of the University of North Carolina. And, you know, after Michael's amazing career, expectations were put on other athletes to be the quote unquote next Jordan, right? And a combination of the lack of Jordan's talent, to be frank, and the burden of expectations ultimately destroyed the chances of those players becoming the quote unquote next Jordan, right? So I have a small list and sports fans back me up of the people who were dubbed quote unquote the next Michael Jordan. Some of these names are going to sound familiar. Harold Miner, Jerry Stackhouse, Penny Hardaway, Ron Harper, Grant Hill, Ray Allen, Tracy McGrady, and Vince Carter. Now, some of these players are legends, Hall of Famers, and have had great careers. But the burden of expectations ultimately left people wanting, right? Vince Carter just retired. He had a 22-year career. 22 years in the NBA. No one regards Vince Carter on Michael Jordan level. Vince Carter's going to make the Hall of Fame first ballot. Kobe, in my opinion, is the closest to MJ in terms of style of play. Rest in peace to the legend again. Rest in peace. Kobe, we miss you, man. We love you and we miss you. Um, He is one of the few who overcame the Michael Jordan comparisons, right? Kobe is one of the few people who overcame it. But coming out of high school in 1996, right, no one expected Kobe in his rookie season to be that. Like, no one said this kid coming out of Lower Marion High School in Philadelphia is going to be Michael Jordan. It, those comparisons came as he started doing work in the league, right? So now that brings us to LeBron James. LeBron James, since he was 16 years old, 16, 1-6, has been in the national spotlight. He graced a Sports Illustrated cover in high school with the headline, The Chosen One. His high school games was televised on ESPN. I remember that shit. He signed a $90 million Nike contract before playing an NBA minute. He skipped college straight to the NBA. Was the number one pick in the draft in 2003 and was drafted to his hometown Cleveland Cavaliers team. That is expectations, right? Not only has LeBron lived up to those expectations, he has exceeded in every way those expectations. He's in his 17th season of his career. Currently, LeBron is number three all-time in points, number eight all-time in assists, number 13 all-time in steals, number 49 all-time in rebounds, and if you think that's low to compare, Michael Jordan is 129th. He is a three-time champion, Three-time Finals MVP, a four-time League MVP, a 16-time All-Star, a 12-time All-NBA First Teamer, a five-time All-NBA Defensive Selection, a one-time Scoring Champion, a Rookie of the Year, a three-time AP Male Athlete of the Year, and a two-time Gold Medalist. That is called exceeding expectations. The hype that people put on others kind of is a weight that people have to carry even if they ask for it or not right we i want to see how zion williamson is gonna do because people are putting hype super super hype on that dude like and he's he just turned 20 like he you know he has he doesn't really have the space to go through the growing pains of becoming a prompt prominent player in this league, right? Players like Steph Curry, who kind of catch you off guard, right? They're mega stars now, but when he came out of college, Steph Curry came out of Davidson University. No one was expecting him to do anything. He was the son of a basketball player, and he came, went to a mid-major school. No one's expecting much, right? Even like John Morant. John Morant is killing the game, and I hope he wins rookie of the year. They better not do no fuck shit and give it to Zion because of the hype. He came out of Murray State. That's a mid-major program. But Sun Cabal. But he kind of plays. He he was the number two pick, but he kind of plays with the freeness of 
shit, ain't nobody expecting nothing from me. I came from a mid-major school. So the burden of expectations can cripple a lot of people. Let me let me give you another example. In 2000 and was it 2013, I want to say. I hope I'm right. 2013, the Cleveland Cavaliers drafted Anthony Bennett. Six foot eight out of the University of Las Vegas. Right. University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. The number one pick. No one knew this man. No one really paid attention to him. He completely folded under the expectations of being the number one pick. Folded, crumbled. So that is just. Now imagine if Anthony Bennett was being followed since he was 16 years old, signing $90 million deals and having his high school games on national television. That is expect. Like that's what I'm trying to prove. The burden of expectations is crippling for some. Now, the older generation I've seen, or people, not even the older generation, just people, have talked about or discussed ways that LeBron isn't better than MJ and why LeBron will never be better than MJ. So I have a few of these here sprinkled in. So the first reason why people say that LeBron isn't better than Michael Jordan, he's not the best basketball player ever, is first reason, rings, championship rings. Well, Michael Jordan has six championship rings, so he's better. He never went to a game seven in the NBA Finals. He's 6-0 and in the NBA Finals. He is better. Okay? So, if you're saying that Michael is better than LeBron because of rings, that is what you deem to be the standard of greatness, then shouldn't we be talking about Bill Russell? Bill Russell has 11 championship rings. Why is he uh, not considered to be the greatest ever? Bill Russell, 11 championships. Championships isn't the the be-all, end-all because players like John Paxson, who played with Michael Jordan on the Bulls teams, would be better than, let's say, Allen Iverson. Let's say John Stockton players with no championship rings so is the ring the ultimate test to your greatness is Robert Ory better than Michael Jordan Robert Ory has seven championship rings two with Houston three with the Lakers and two with the Spurs he has more rings than Michael let's even take a non-marginal player let's say a good player Pau Gasol good player he has two championship rings. He won them with Kobe in L.A. Is Pau Gasol better than Charles Barkley? Is Pau Gasol better than Patrick Ewan? Is Pau Gasol better than Karl Malone? No. He has two rings, though. Pat and Chuck don't have no rings. Come on. Rings aren't the testament to greatness because then players like Derek Fisher, Sasha Vujacic, Mark Madsen, Darko Milicic would be better than T-Mac, Tracy McGrady, Steve Nash, Carl Malone, John Stockton, um, uh, Gary Payton because they have multiple championships. Stop it. Please, please, please. I don't want to hear that. The next reason people say is, well, you know, when Mike got to the finals, he never lost. LeBron has a losing record in the NBA finals. That takes him out of the discussion. You have to have a winning record in the NBA finals. Okay, well, how about this? Here's a, here's a different perspective. In 2007, at 23 years old, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the NBA finals and got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. So obviously, if you just if I just tell you that without providing context, sounds bad. I'm going to read you. And again, sports fans, this is where I need you. This is where I need you. Let go of your biases. This is where I need you to back me up. In 2007, I'm going to read you the Cleveland Cavaliers roster that went to the NBA finals to play the San Antonio Spurs with Tim Duncan. I mean, against Tim Duncan. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Greg Popovich as the coach. 
Hall of all three of those are Hall of Famers and a Hall of Fame coach. I'm gonna read you this Cleveland Cavaliers roster. Shannon Brown, who actually was a good player with the Lakers, but not not really in 2007. We know Shannon Brown for being married to Monica. Daniel Gibson, Booby. We only know about Booby Gibson because that fuck shit he used to do to Keisha Cole. Fuck Booby. And Keisha Cole, I love you. Drew Gooden. Larry Hughes. Zadrunas Ilgowskis. LeBron James. Damon Jones. Dwayne Jones. Danielle Marshall. Ira Newble. Sasha Papilovic. Scott Pollard. Anderson Varejao. Eric Snow, David Wesley. Those are the players that LeBron James at 23 years old, his fourth year in the league, took to the NBA Finals. Became the best team in the Eastern Conference that season with those supporting cast of characters. He made it to the finals with that team. All right, fine. Let's talk about recent history. 2015, the first Cleveland Cavaliers matchup against the Golden State Warriors, right? When Steph and Clay, Draymond, Andre Iguodala, Steve Kerr were getting on the map. People were taking them seriously. They get to the NBA Finals against Golden State. In the first round of the NBA Finals, I mean, in the first round of the Eastern Conference NBA Playoffs, Kevin Love. One of the best teammates LeBron has ever had. Gets his shoulder separated by a Boston Celtics player, Kelly Olynyk. On a rebound attempt, Kelly Olynyk grabbed Kevin Love's arm, Kevin Love's arm, and pulled it. It separated his shoulder cleanly. Kevin Love finished for the playoffs, cannot play. In the first game against the Golden State Warriors in overtime, Kyrie Irving, one of LeBron's greatest teammates, Breaks his kneecap. Finished for the rest of the finals. Cannot play. LeBron James in that series averaged 35.8 points, 13.3 rebounds, and 8.8 assists. With Matthew Dellavedova and J.R. Smith as his next best players. Going against the Golden State Warriors. And the very next season, 2016... The Warriors go 73 and 9. 73 wins, 9 losses. LeBron beats them after being down 3 games to 1 in a best of 7 series, which then led to the Warriors signing Kevin fucking Durant. They signed Kevin Durant to a 73 win basketball team. So, the mere fact that you could put LeBron on a team with lesser talent and he still gets to the NBA Finals, he makes a team that wins 73 games, which is the all-time record of basketball wins in a regular season, get Kevin fucking Durant. That's a minus because he lost the final series? Playing against the teams he was playing against? You're telling me that it would be better for him to have lost in the final, lost in the playoffs before making the finals or not making the playoffs at all, like Michael Jordan did 10 times out of a 16 year career. That's what you're telling me. You're telling me it's better to not make the finals, to lose in the playoffs, to not make the playoffs at all, than to make the finals and lose in the finals. That's what you're telling me. Like Michael Jordan did 10 times out of a 16 year career. Copy that. Fine. Copy that. That's your opinion. You're entitled. Now, the next one is my favorite because it's really just bullshit. Ah, well, you know, LeBron isn't clutch. LeBron doesn't rise to greatness at the most needed times. To quote Skip Bayless, LeBron doesn't have the clutch gene. Doesn't have the clutch gene. You cannot be relied upon in the crunch time moments. Fine. How about this? Let me read you something. When facing elimination, LeBron James completely changes. Of the eight main statistical categories, he improves in seven. 
He shoots 3.5% better from the field. He adds 5.6 more rebounds per game, 1.8 more assists, 0.8 more steals, one more block per game, 1.3 fewer turnovers, and 9.2 more points when facing elimination. LeBron improves his on-court efficiency in every way imaginable facing elimination, his scoring, his rebounding, and getting others involved, and he vastly improves defensively. LeBron improved in almost every single statistical category. To say LeBron does not play better in clutch in clutch time or crunch time moments is absurd. LeBron James has hit more buzzer beaters than Michael Jordan and has hit more game or I'm sorry, go ahead shots with five seconds to go or less in the game. His field goal percentage on these shots is higher than Michael Jordan's. He's not clutch, though. Okay. Jordan versus LeBron and clutch shots in the playoffs, right? Michael Jordan took 11, he's 5 of 11 in field goals with a 45.5% field goal percentage with three buzzer beaters. So for people who don't understand that, he's 5 of 11 from the field, which means he took 11 shots in those moments, clutch moments, go-ahead basket moments, right, in the fourth quarter. He took 11 shots. He made five of them. So because he made five out of 11, his percentage on those shots is 45.5%. And buzzer beaters, he hit three, which means a game-winning shot before the buzzer went off. That's Michael Jordan's career numbers in, in those shots. LeBron James's numbers, seven of 15, 46.7 field goal percentage, percent field goal percentage, and five buzzer-beating shots. He's not clutch. Oh, he's not. He's not clutch. Michael Jordan was way more clutch than LeBron. LeBron will never be Michael Jordan. Never. He can't do anything that Michael Jordan did. Okay. All right. LeBron has been better longer. He is in year 17 of his career. Can you imagine that? Michael Jordan only played 16 seasons and he retired twice within that. He retired in 1994 to play baseball, and he retired in 1998 and came back in 2001. He retired twice. Michael Jordan retired twice from basketball. We don't talk about that. We love him. I love him. Also, I want to make sure I'm clear. Just because I think LeBron's better doesn't mean I don't like Michael Jordan. That's something that I guess I have to clear up. Because I like LeBron more, doesn't mean I think Michael Jordan's whack, trash, nothing. I'm not stupid. <laughs> he's num- He's the second best, and that's fine. Why is that not okay? But whatever, I'm getting off point. LeBron James has played 7,318 more minutes than Michael Jordan. He is in year 17 of his career, and he's still the best player in the league. That's with Giannis. That's with Kawhi Leonard. That's with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Russell Westbrook, all in the league. LeBron is still the best player in the league. He has more blocks. He has 3,665 more assists than Michael Jordan, 2,681 more rebounds, and has carried the weight of every single franchise he's ever been on. He's carried the weight of his hometown. He's carried the weight of the league since he was 18. How is this man not better at basketball? I have to ask, how is this man not better at basketball than Michael Jordan? Houseway is completely right. Completely right. I didn't even touch on his other shit, and I don't have enough time to. But the fact that this dude fucking opened up a school in fucking Akron, Ohio, his hometown. He's a huge voice for social justice. He has every fucking endorsement in the world. He's in the 17th season. Currently, he's averaging 25 points, seven rebounds, and leading the league in assists with 10.6. He has redefined the definition of a player's prime. And we just have to accept that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. We have to accept it. We just have to. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. We love Mike. 
Mike changed the game in a lot of ways. But LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. The only thing I will say definitively that Mike does better than LeBron has better shoes. That's it. Only has better shoes. That's it. He only has better shoes than LeBron. My guy LeBron even grew his hairline back, bro. That's God-level shit. He grew his fucking hairline back, bro. Mike over there sitting with the baldy. LeBron grew his fucking hairline back. Get at me. Get at me. Now, again, if you guys don't agree, I love engaging with y'all. Hit me on social. Tell me why or what your list is. Tell me why you think LeBron's better. I'm open to hear it. But I just gave you facts. These are all facts. If you don't believe me, do your Googles. Google is 100% free. Do your Googles. Find the stats. Show it to me. Send it to me in the DMs. Find them. But just know, everything I told you was a fact. Everything I told you. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. So I want to play you a short clip. Um, these are of basketball Former basketball players, former uh, coaches and media people talking about LeBron James's greatness. Um, in order, the people who speak are Clyde Drexler, Scottie Pippen, David Robinson, Stan Van Gundy, Jay Williams, Bill Lambeer, Oscar Robertson, Dr. J. Julius Irving, and Isaiah Thomas. In order of when they speak. If you don't know who those people are, do your Googles. Google is 100% free. Here's the clip of these legends of the league talking about LeBron James. Look at eras. Mm. Michael dominated his era. Mm -hmm. LeBron dominated his era. Mm. I'm one of those guys who don't like to compare eras. You just have to do what's in front of you. Mm. And, and look at LeBron's numbers. You look at Michael's numbers. They're very similar. Mm. LeBron, I think, he made it to the finals with a couple guys that we can't even remember. Michael Jordan is probably the greatest scorer to ever play in the game. But... I may go as far as to say LeBron James may be the greatest player to ever play the game because he's so potent offensively that not only can he score at will, but he keeps everybody involved. And you have to be on your P's and Q's on defense because uh, no guy on the basketball court is not a threat to score when LeBron James is out there. He's done a phenomenal job. The things that he is doing on the court now, I, I mean... I, I'm a big Michael Jordan guy. I mean, that was my era. But LeBron's me, making a great argument to, to be, you know, one of the, the greatest, if not the greatest. Let me ask you. LeBron James is the greatest player ever. That's that's what I say. I, I Greater than Michael the, Jordan. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, you cannot tell me in a one-on-one -on -one game now that LeBron James wouldn't dominate Mike. Mm. Oh, in a one-on-one -on -one game, LeBron James, 6'9", 260 pounds, if the game was a seven, I think LeBron would win seven to three. Sweet, sweet oh Lord. Cavaliers have LeBron James. Right. He's the best there is. Yeah. Do you think he's better than Jordan? Oh, yeah. Really? He's 6'8", 285, runs like the wind, jumps out of the gym. And from the moment he walked in the league, his team's won. He thinks LeBron is not as good as Michael Jordan? Come on. What do you think? LeBron is in a class by himself. What you guys are missing and Shannon probably knows it better than anybody else, is the game is a team sport. So individuals don't win championships. Teams win championships, you know. And uh, you're only as good as the team can take you. You can only go as far as the team can take you. So, so three and five doesn't mean anything. I'm more impressed with eight finals than I am with the record in the finals. So are you saying LeBron is better than Michael Jordan? I would pick LeBron James. You would? Yeah. If I'm if I'm if I'm trying to build a if team, I'm, if I'm trying to build a team, now that ain't sour grapes. Hold on, come on over here and talk about it, cause yeah. I I won. Okay, <laughs> he, it, it, he did. You, you can't you can't be you can't be dismissive of 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 what I did. Just saying. Do your googles. That's all I gotta say. Do your googles. If you don't believe any of the things that I have said, do your googles. Google the players who are supposed to be the next Jordan. Google the stats, Google the clutch numbers, Google the playoffs uh, performances, Google everything. If you don't believe me, Google it. Do your Googles. Google.com is 100% free and is available to everyone. So LeBron James, 
is the greatest basketball player ever. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it. For the one millionth time, because I ask you guys weekly to send in questions, comments, concern, feedback, constructive criticism, anything you have for me. Um, and I truly appreciate all the engagement you guys do with me on the social media platforms. So I'm going to answer some of the questions that I have received. The first one says, I like the covers that you post on the social media for each episode. How do you choose each photo? Well, thank you. First, thank you. Thank you for the question and thank you for appreciating the little covers I do. Um, I choose the covers basically how I choose each episode, right? So, um, you know, in each episode, I name it a title. So, for example, uh, episode 21, I named Don't Leave Me. And I named it Don't Leave Me because I talked about the Don't Leave Me Challenge, how I just think that fun that video was really funny. And... Um, I had a picture of what was the picture for number 21? Um, Ja Rule, Ja Rule, uh, doing the Greek restaurant ad. So, um, usually I just do it like whatever I speak about in the episode, in the podcast, um, I take a picture of maybe one of the people that I speak about or the things that I speak about and I put it as the cover, just like with the title. So, um, sometimes the titles and the covers match. Um, and sometimes it's just like, I know, I just want to post this picture with it and name it whatever I want to name it. So sometimes they match and sometimes they don't. So for episode like episode 20, I call do it for little saint. Right. I named it that. And then for the picture with the cover I put on social media, it was little saint. So sometimes it's like goes hand in hand. But sometimes it's just like if I want to put a picture of something I think is funny or something related to the episode. And then I name it whatever I name it. So it's it's really not like a complex thing. It's just like whatever I talk about, I find try to find like humorous pictures of the people, places or things that I talk about in the pod and I make it as the cover. Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's not like rocket science. Um, the next one says. <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> this is good. I like this. I heard your feelings on ketchup. I heard your feelings on what a hot dog is or a glizzy this is what the kids are calling it nowadays. <laughs> now, here's the ultimate food question. Drums or flats? Ah, That's great. That's funny. I like that. Um, Drums or flats? Well, I mean, I'm going to say something maybe that's controversial. Drums are better. Like when you go eat chicken wings at. Buffalo Wild Wings or Wingstop, or if you make them at home, drums are better. They're easier to eat. Like, they're easier to eat. Drums are better. I don't understand this craze with flats. I don't, I I really don't, like, I I don't get it. It's harder to eat. You have to either separate the chicken from both bones. You have to eat one piece, break the bone off, then eat the other part. The drum, you could dip right into the sauce and eat like the drum is better. The drum is better. It's just a better wing It's a better. It's it's just better to me. It's just better. So I found I, I was just happened to be going on Twitter. There's a post. Um, This person's name is at the O.R.I. I want to give him proper at credit because this is where I saw it. I don't know if he stole it from someone, but this is where I saw it from. He put. A flat could never. And it's a picture of a person dump dunking a uh, drum into the sauce. And then it says the caption flats are for people who consistently make choices that make their own lives harder and can't figure out why they're always stressed. Facts. Facts. That's a straight up fact. Because flats are harder to eat. They're just harder to eat. Anyway, thank you for that question. One hundred percent. Drums over flats. 
And the last one says, what is a trend happening nowadays that you really don't understand? Easily, easily, easily. It's that ASMR shit. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, don't, don't get it. I don't get it. It's so nasty. It's nasty. Like when the people put the big microphones in front of their faces, they record themselves eating like food, like ramen noodles or whatever, lobster, chicken, and they making all the sounds and shit on the mic. It's the most, it's the nastiest shit ever. It's disgusting. I'm one of those people, I don't even like to watch people chew. Like if I'm sitting across from you at a table and we're eating, I turn into Rain Charles. Like, I don't want to look at you chew. Like, so I just think that it's nasty. It's one of the nastiest shits ever. But people love it. People love that ASMR shit. I'm going to give you a little taste of what I'm talking about. This is a little ASMR clip. This is a guy eating ramen noodles. Just listen to this shit. This shit is fucking gross. This is the nastiest shit ever. This is fucking disgusting. That shit is disgusting. That shit is that shit is really disgusting. I really don't like that shit, but people love it. I swear to God, people love it. People love that shit. I don't get it. I really don't get it, but yeah, that shit is really fucking gross. That shit is really gross, but hey, whatever. It's the world, man. People have different interests. Everyone's brain is different, so whatever. So thank you again, guys, for the questions. I really, really, truly appreciate them. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys being engaging on social media. I appreciate the great questions you guys send in. I really appreciate you guys, man. And I'm happy that um, I have this platform, man, where I could talk my shit and I have people who want to listen to it, people who find me interesting. I'm very grateful. And I really appreciate you guys. And I hope to keep on engaging with y'all. hope that you keep liking the product that I put out every week. I work really hard on it. But, man, I, I really appreciate y'all. So thank you again for the questions. Thank you, guys. Next on the docket, man, I just want to say congratulations to Patrick motherfucking Mahomes. Hey, hey, That boy, signed a 10 year 100 i'm sorry not even i'm bugging let me put some respect on his name let me start over a 10 year deal with the kansas city chiefs the football team worth up to 503 million dollars oh my goodness five hundred and three million dollars half a billion dollars bruh i don't have much commentary congratulations salute i'm happy that motherfuckers respect your your skills he's black so i'm of course i like Issa ray said i'm rooting for everybody black shout out to him man 10 year deal Five hundred and three million dollars. I can't be. Ooh. Good God almighty. <laughs> Shout out to him, man. He's and he's he's great. He's an unbelievable football player, quarterback Um, from uh, I believe he's from Texas. And um, man, talk about. If you like it, put a ring on it. Kansas City Chiefs ain't won a Super Bowl in 50 years. Got that boy, Pat Mahomes, won a Super Bowl. They said, oh, hell nah, we locking that boy up. We locking that boy up. You ain't going no goddamn where. You ain't going nowhere. You will be a Kansas City Chief for life, and we going to make sure. Shout out to Kansas City, man. Shout out to them for fucking doing the right thing like i always think that athletes like especially ones who are like transcendent don't get the respect like they always have to earn the respect over time and the game is they make you keep proving it and proving it and proving it 
and wait till you get a certain age and then say, oh, you're too old for us to pay you this. Right. So like usually a football player gets a rookie contract. Let's say you draft in the first round. A rookie contract is four year plus a franchise tag option. Right. So let's say you get drafted at 22 years old, four years from then you'll be 26 and then the franchise tag, you'll be 27. Right. So let's say you're a running back or cornerback or defensive end or something like that. Just a non glamour position in the NFL. Once you're 27, a team, a football team is hesitant to offer long term money because they'll say, well, football, you already have this amount of hits on your body. You already have uh, this amount of, you know, injuries or whatever. And football is such a high collision sport. We can't in good faith offer you this contract with all this guaranteed money because we feel like you won't be worth the investment. Like that's basically the game. That's the game of football. So to see a guy like T- Patrick Mahomes get 503 milli, 24 years old and black, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out to Andy Reid. Did the right thing by that black man. And Patrick Mahomes is a good dude, man. He's a solid, solid, great dude who who is one of the newer generation cats who are not afraid to speak his mind on social issues. Super, super talented, super humble dude. Couldn't happen to a better guy, in my opinion. Shout out to Patrick, man. Shout out to him. Last on the docket, I want to talk about one of the legends of entertainment, Bill Nye the Science Guy. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember him, but when I was a kid, he had a show. It's called Bill Nye the Science Guy. He would do experiments and like teach you guys about, teach about science and all that shit. And he's like, he's just an awesome dude, in my opinion. I, I grew up look, watching him. He's still around. He's still active on Twitter. He put out a video basically um, talking about the importance of masks. And, you know, because a lot of people um, don't like to wear the masks, but COVID is super serious and people are still dying like remember the outbreak of covid new york shut down i want to say march 13th or 14th something like that something to that and it was mid-march that new york i can only speak about new york shut down because of covid it's july 11th so it's been four months and covid is still spiking in some states states are going back under new lockdown so it is super super important guys to wear a mask I know maybe it's a little difficult to breathe. I know maybe it's a little uncomfortable. If you wear glasses like me, I know when you breathe, your glasses fog up. I understand. And it could be inconvenient. But guys, it's so important that we protect ourselves. It's so important we protect ourselves. So um, I just want to play you a small clip from Bill Nye, the science guy, the legend, about the importance of wearing a mask. Wear that mask, guys. Wear them gloves. Social distance. Hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Be mindful of the surroundings that you are in. Let's just stay safe with this COVID shit, man. This shit is nasty. This shit is whack. Um, but here's Bill Not a Science Guy. Here's an N95. These are made to block particles in the medical environment and when you're out mowing the lawn. This one's not sterilized, but it's pretty effective. So the reason we want you to wear a mask is to protect you. Sure. But the main reason we want you to wear a mask is to protect me from you and the particles from your respiratory system from getting into my respiratory system. Everybody, this is a matter literally of life and death. And when I use the word literally, I mean literally a matter of life and death. So when you're out in public, please wear a mask. Thank you for joining me on Consider the Following. Shout out to Bill Nye, the science guy, man, um, just for putting that video out. It's, it had a little joke aspect to it and everything and blah, blah, blah. But yes, guys, it's really, really, really important to wear a mask. It's really, really important to wear them gloves, to hand sanitize in public, to wash your hands 20 seconds, soap and water, um, just to protect yourself and to protect the people around you, man. COVID is not to be fucked with. This shit is not a game. It is not a joke. It is not funny. So be safe out there and protect yourselves and protect each other. That's what I got to say on that. And that will wrap it up. Episode number 23 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host. My name is Denzel. Thank you again to everyone who tunes in who likes, who subscribes, who shares, who supports, 
who is active and engaging on social media platforms. Thank you to everyone out there who is using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. Be safe, guys. Wear a mask. Wear them gloves. Wash them hands, bruh. Wash them fucking hands. And I know Will and Jada is popping right now. It's popping, popping. I touched on it briefly last week for promo. More shit has happened. More shit has come out. I don't have enough time to really go deep dive. So I'll probably do it next episode. I kind of just want to make jokes, honestly. I really just want to make jokes, but I don't have enough time. I went way too long on certain things this episode, so I don't have enough time. I don't want you guys to listen to a two-hour podcast. <laughs> but definitely, I'm going to try my best to get some Willie Jada shit for next episode. Um, also, I wanted to try something different for my closeout. So you guys know I'm a hip-hop super fan. I love hip-hop rap music. I just did a fucking deep dive on the best diss tracks ever recorded last episode. And I play hip hop intros and outros for every episode. So I wanted to do something different. I wanted to showcase my other musical uh, capabilities, if you will. So for the next few episodes, I want to say, let's just ballpark it. And let's say I want to do from today, episode 23 to let's say 30. I'm just making it up. I don't know how I'm feeling. I want to play some of my some R&B closeout songs because I only played one R&B closeout in the history of the Bronx Buyers podcast. It was episode, I believe, 16, and it was the Internet Bravo. So I want to start playing R&B closeouts to end the shows um, just for a little smoother exit out of the pod. So um, we're going to start today. My first song is from my baby, Snow Allegra. It's called Woe off of. The album, Ugh Those Feels Again. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 23. We out. I'm going to tell you this one time. Your body next to mine